What's happening, everybody? We're back. This is episode 229 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey, everybody. Happy belated Father's Day. Happy belated Juneteenth by the time you guys hear this. I uh, hope all's well with all you listeners. How you doing, my man? Good. I, at first, I thought you were addressing me. <laughs> I was like, I, uh, I have two surprises for you. <laughs> Yeah. I was about to say, oh, I got some bad news for you. We have a young lady on the on the other side of this, this waiting in the in the waiting room in the Zoom link. She's about to come in and bring some news you weren't expecting. But no. Nah. <laughs> Two things you might not have noticed about me all these years. <laughs> not a father, not African American. Who knew? <laughs> <Right. Ugh. laughs> but yes, uh, uh, for everybody else out there. Happy uh, happy days for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm looking in the Zoom camera, and I'm sitting a little bit closer, mm-hmm. and kind of picturing what I would look like if I didn't have hair. Like, <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of fascinating. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever uh, uh, pictured this. As you can see, Anthony came on the stream high, so <laughs> we're going <laughs> to deal with that. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Ah oh, man. All right. Well, before we start, I got a little uh I got a little grind need to do. My gears have been grind. I need to get it off. First off, I broke my damn microphone and my microphone stand for the podcast mic, and I haven't gotten a replacement yet. So I'm just over here holding my uh microphone. I feel like the rock about the la 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 all the way to the microphone. <laughs> it's a very odd feeling. <laughs> I just want to. That's why I just want to complain about microphone stands. Sure. How dare you? It just snapped. All all I did was move it, and the little thing that held it went, and that was it. That's awful. And I was thinking about, oh, I should just super glue it, and put some duct tape on. I was like, oh, that looks so ghetto, but it's also who's gonna see it? (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing these things live. No one's gonna see it. Right. Right. So I had to get that. Uh, author. Oh, and number two, gambling. How dare you? You temptress. So <laughs> I've been, uh, what's the site called? It's called uh, Prize Picks. I've been doing mm-hmm. a little a little light gambling. Okay. And you, uh, you pick over-unders and uh, I usually stick to what I know is baseball. So mm-hmm. I started off, there was a promo code from this um, uh, Apollo Houston, they do all kinds of um, stuff around Houston podcasts. Um, talk about sports, movies, all that stuff. And they had a promo code, put it whatever you put in, they'll match it. So, like, all right, I'll put in $25. You know, you see how it goes. So, I put in that $25. So, I got $50 because of the promo. And then I messed around and one of my slips, I hit big and I won $500. Nice. And they got me. I'm stuck forever. (laughs) Cash out, man. Cash out. I already cashed out. In total, I put in like 
uh, $60 of my own money. And as of today, I've won $825. Man, that's how you do it. Yeah. But the way it works is like you pick six. It, you can pick up to six bets on one slip. And you hit all six, you get 25 times your deposit, your, um, your uh, wager. If you mm-hmm. get four out of, I mean, if you get five out of six, you get double. And if you get four out of six, you get 40% back. So as long as you hit four, you're not destitute, you know. Right, right. The problem is, like like I said, I gamble on strikeouts, and I'm, I pick the pitchers against the teams, everything, I go higher and lower. And um, there have just been some weird-ass strikeouts. I picked, uh, what's his name? Hunter Green for the Reds against the Astros a couple of days ago. I think his over or under was like six and a half strikeouts. I was like, yeah, he can get this this team. He's a he throws, you know, double digit strikeout all the time. I think he finished with two. Oh no. Yeah, I didn't know it was the Astros then. <laughs> but but still he's like like the, it's not like the Astros have been um hitting the world on fire. We're gonna talk about them a little bit later on. So like the Astros can still win this game and he can get seven eight strikeouts. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> And the worst of both worlds happened. The Astros lost that game, and he only got two strikeouts. So, <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's the worst. As for me, it's fantasy. I'm like, well, I've got Jeremy in the in the lineup, mm-hmm. tonight, or I've got Hunter Brown pitching or France pitching, and someone goes over four or gets lit up for five runs, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I can't win in real life or fantasy. Yeah. So yes, gambling, terrible, addictive, and terrible. <laughs> it can be, definitely. I um did a little gambling myself. Mm. Oh. Yeah, recently. Uh, my winnings weren't as lucrative, but I actually still came out on top. So uh I was like, uh, um this is yeah, man, it's been a while, I guess, since we've talked about some of these some of these uh sporting events, but I guess so. I guess it was last month or a month mm-hmm. and a half ago now. Um, the uh, Miami Heat beat the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs or in the semifinals, sem- uh, the oh, Eastern sure. Conference semifinals, I believe. Yeah, second and, round. Uh, second round. And man, for some reason, I was like, you know what? I'm rocking with the Heat, man. I think they can do it. I don't know why. They were able to beat the Bucks, and now they're going to face the Celtics. And I was like, "Man, I should put some money on that on that series." What the hell? Like, put fifty bucks. And then Game One happened, and Miami won Game One. And I was like, "Damn it!" Like, think I'm too late. And so then it was a Thursday night. It was the Thursday before Game Two. Mm-hmm. And I spoke with a mutual friend of ours. Um, gambling purposes, I won't mention his actual name, but I spoke with him. And uh, I said, oh, man, you know what? I'm not being a fair weather guy, but I legitimately wanted to put some money on Miami before the game, before game one, before the series started. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it at all too late to put some money? And he said, let me, let me make a call. And he made a call. <laughs> man said, I know a guy. Let me make a call real quick. Yeah. And he said, it's not too late. And I said, great. Let me put 50 bucks on Miami. He goes, if you do 100, you get this much. And if you get 50, you know, you'll get this much. 
So you know what? Let's start small. Let's do 50. Mm-hmm. Boom. Next thing you know, Miami is up 3-0. And I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like the king of the world. I was like, man, I actually picked one right. <laughs> and they're up 3-1. And they're up 3-2. <laughs> and then goddamn series, next thing you know, is tied at three. And I'm down 50 bucks. <laughs> In theory. And I'm like, Come on, Miami. Just one game. One game. And lo and behold, they pulled it out. Game seven, Eastern Conference Finals. They beat the Celtics and they go to the go to the NBA Finals. And our, our mutual friend hit me up like that night. He said, Congratulations. And then the next day he said, uh, I think he put money on the game as well. I think he piggybacks on mine. Mm-hmm. Combined our our uh, just put our money into one pot. Because he goes, I'm going to pay you now and then because I'm going out of town next week and I won't get the payout until next week. So, you know, I'll forget and stuff like that. And then so, you turned a Stewie off a of family guy. I got 93 bucks out of it. I was like, hell yeah. He goes, you take the money or you can roll it over into uh, the finals if you'd like. And I said, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm so proud of you. you. I never picked the winning team. So I'm going to cash out while I'm while I'm hot. <laughs> You were watching Game Seven, smoking a cigarette, walking back and forth <laughs> in your right, home. Right, yeah. And it's like as soon as like Tatum came down and twisted your ankle, twisted his ankle, you're like, "All right, Daddy's back, baby!" Woo! <laughs> well, congrats, congratulations! Uh, if you ever want to try some big time gambling, like your boy over here, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna check it out. See what I can. Might give it another shot. Give it another go around. Yeah, and I got a promo code. I send it to you. You deposit. I get twenty five dollars. So yeah, sweet. Okay, it's incentive too. I can dig it. But my thing is always like I'm not just randomly picking strikeouts. I every day whenever I feel the need to gamble, I go onto fan graphs and I look at the teams. I look at what teams strike out the most, who strikes out the least. And I look at the pitchers, who, who has the highest K per nine. And I, you know, I actually do some science. Mm-hmm. This isn't just me having a gut feeling. And like okay. I did, I did yesterday. I was looking, I was like, Oh, I don't like any of these games. I'm out. <laughs> so yeah. that's a very important lesson. It's like you, you got to know when to just say, no, I'm not doing this. Right. Right. And I feel like uh, if you really, really want to make the ultimate gamble, mm-hmm. You always put your money in the New York stock. <laughs> That's a, that is a game I am uh, constantly gambling on. Yes, that's gambling. That's legal gambling. Yes, that's governmental much. gambling. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we brought up the NBA, so let's talk about it real quick. The Miami that was a good segue. Good segue. Thank you. The Denver Nuggets win their first NBA championship. They won the series four to one against the Miami Heat. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, this was an entertaining back and forth series. This was like one team living off hope and a prayer against just a dominant team Mm -hmm. that came into the season with championship aspiration. So I got to say, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, big ups to Miami, you know, 
doing everything they did. They had amazing runs, the eight seed through these playoffs, but they just went up against a juggernaut in the Denver Nuggets. And I ask you, like, do you think, like, how do you feel about the Nuggets? Do you think this is just a blip or is this something that's going to continue? Like, we're going to see the Denver Nuggets win something like two out of the next three titles. If they stay healthy, I I can definitely see them winning another title next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see the West getting any better. I don't see the East getting any better either. And I see Denver. Like, Denver's in in a very um, favorable, favorable position because they have a guy in Nikola Jokic who is not about the limelight. He's not about any of that stuff. He's just about playing basketball and going home. And I think when you have that kind of mentality and your goal is just to win and like all you know how to do is win, um, I think that puts him in a good position to give maybe the strongest chance of a repeat since probably Golden State mm-hmm. um, or since the early Golden State years. Um, but, you know, again, everything has to be perfect. Nothing will be uh, that's a given, but I really, I mean, yeah, if, if I, if I had to choose um, the favorites to win it all next year, I would, I would still put Denver. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we're going to see what happens in free agency, but if you've been paying attention, like NBA free agency this year, is just garbage. Yeah. It's like James Harden, who's already 33 Kyrie Irving, who may be the first NBA player with CTE, and then a bunch of role players floating right. out there. Like they're like the Rockets picked the wrong year to have a bunch of free agent money. Yeah, because they're probably gonna get retain, you know, go after Harden and, and get him. Um and that certainly doesn't elevate the Rockets to NBA title contenders. Um but nothing will at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you because yeah. uh, I keep saying the Rockets couldn't make it to the finals with James Harden when it, when he was in his prime. Right. I don't know what you're expecting from this James Harden now. Yeah. And, you know, part of what made that work was the system that he was playing. Yeah. And, you know, with, with D'Antonius at the helm, that run and gun offense. Um yeah, he's not going to have that with Adoka as head coach. Right, right. Um, but with Denver, I mean, I see Jokic is barely entering his prime. Um, again, he, he's not a flashy player. He's just about being, you know, consistent. And, and consistent for him is, like, great. Like, consistently great. Yeah. And so... You know, he's just about playing basketball, winning, and going home. And and especially going home. Did you see yeah. that uh, the video after they won? Yeah. Where the reporter asked him about the parade. He like wins the parade, and the person off camera, the 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 team person said, "Oh, it's Saturday." He's like, "Oh god," and Yoko's like, "Oh god, I want to go home." 
<laughs> I can't take any more of this. Yeah. But then when he goes to the parade, he has the, all the fun in the world. So mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do social events. But when he goes to social events with his friends, he has fun. He's just like me for real. He's me. <laughs> I am him. <laughs> I'm gonna get a Yoki. I'm gonna get a, uh, a a Joker poster and put it up on my wall now. <laughs> He's my hero now. He's who I strive to be. I just go to work. I do what I need to do, and I'm only and I hate social events until I'm at the social event. Right, right. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I totally get that too, man. Um, but I don't see the Lakers getting any better. Um, I don't see Phoenix is starting all over basically with a new big three. Yeah. So Phoenix just traded, or you don't know, they traded Chris Paul and some parts to bring in um Bradley Bill from the Washington Wizards. And that's a great trade on paper. It looks pretty, but now Phoenix has the same problem they had last year when they brought in Durant. Who's on your bench? Right. Like we saw during the playoffs this year, they basically had to have Durant and uh, uh, what's his name, their other guy on the team, Booker. Booker, like, had to play lights out in order to have a chance against the against the Nuggets. I mean, and they I, didn't. And they didn't. And it's good that you brought Bradley Bradley Beal in, a guy who can get thirty points a game, and who's a lights out shooter. But who's playing point guard for this team? And like we said earlier, where's the bench? Where's the depth? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't, can't have these guys out here playing 40-some minutes in a regular season. We've seen, we've seen that from Durant the last couple of years. It's getting to the point where, like, you're you're burning him out before you get to the playoffs, you know? Right. And we're seeing time and time again that these, these, com- these big three combinations don't work right away, if, if ever. So let me see how old Kevin Durant is. I, I want to say he's like 34. I think he's 34. 30, yeah. But these big three combos aren't, they don't work right away. Mm-hmm. And it takes, you know, so that's again, that's putting, that's pushing Denver back a, another year. Or not Denver, I'm sorry, Phoenix back another year. Yeah. And Durant will be 35 in September. Jeez. And sure, they've got a, a a very enthusiastic owner who has all the money in the world to spend, but there's nobody else to spend it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you're you're putting the hopes on the backs of these you know these big three guys, Durant, Booker, and Beal, and that means they have to figure it out now. <laughs> like, and again, like I said, we. We've seen time and time again that doesn't typically happen. Yeah, you still need you still need role players to make plays. Mm. Like it's going to come up sometime during the regular season to the playoffs. You're going to need a role player to step up. And my question, like I said, they got all this money tied up into Durant and now Bill. Um, I keep wanting to say Booker. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Booker, I keep getting Booker and uh, Jamal Murray confused for some reason. Booker yeah. and and Aiden, like that's mm-hmm. a lot of money tied to those four guys. And to be honest with you, Aiden does not play like a superstar. No, he he barely play, plays like a number one overall draft pick. He plays like a dude that 
that just got into basketball because he's tall, not because he loves it. <laughs> right, right. So you got all this money tied up in those four guys. What are you going to do for your bench? What's go- Who's going to play point for this team? Like, mm-hmm. this team has a lot of questions before we get into the regular season. And I'm sure they have time to figure it out, but they don't have, like, money. And I'm talking about, like, money underneath the uh, cap to figure it out. Right. And then you look at the other teams that made the playoffs this year. Uh, Sacramento, they're young. They're they're getting better, but they're still not good enough to beat Denver. Um, they have nobody to counter Jokic at this point. And nobody really does. <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, I don't think there's any. Unless we're bringing prime Hakeem out of the time machine, we'll have anyone to stop that man. That, you know, watching watching what Jokic did in the play in the entire playoffs, I don't get like I don't get um too what if he, but man, that is a matchup I would I, I would I was thinking like, man, what if a prime Jokic and a prime dream went up against each other? Like just to see that kind of matchup would have been I think would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. Only question, are we getting Hakeem or Akeem? Because we're getting Akeem, we're getting a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Golden State. Speaking of which, I want to talk about something real quick. People talk about, oh, who is, oh, is Jokic now a top 10, top five center? And I keep, they keep bringing up Akeem. And I feel like his career is so disrespected and also like you gotta remember Hakeem was doing all that stuff those stats while fasting during Ramadan mm-hmm. like no one like that he was good for 25 12 three steals and two blocks a game it's while, not, while not eating during the day right that's great but anyway back to what you're saying honestly you know it, it I don't think it's a, I mean it, it it sounds like a Homer call, mm-hmm. but I don't think it, I, I don't feel like it is, but I think you'd easily put dream top five NBA centers of all time. Cause my list probably go, and this no, no particular order. Hakeem, Shaq, uh, Russell, Wilt, and, um, Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. I think I think you hit it spot on. I don't want to start doing the top three, top ten because we'll be here all day. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you start you start adding George Mikan and then we're I'm closing the uh, last Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm closing it too. The podcast will be over. Uh, <laughs> but going back to other teams like we talk about Sacramento, they're still young and they don't have anyone to deal with Jokic. Um, one team I was thinking about was, well, who we already talked about, the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, but um, uh, what's his name? Draymond. Yeah, Draymond Green just opted out of his contract. So I don't I mean, know. It's, all, it's all coming to an end, that yeah. era. I mean, the, losing the GM, losing Draymond. Uh, everybody getting a, another year older. Because um, Curry's 35, too. I believe mm-hmm. So Curry's 35. He's still a great shooter, but like I said, he's 35. Clay has, has never recovered defensively from his leg injuries. And, nope, Dray- yeah, and Draymond is, what, 30, 
I want to say he's 33, but let me check real quick. Ray. Would be 33. He's 33? Okay. Yeah, he just turned 33. And look, you know, I'm not a big Draymond Green fan just because he he's he's an he's an annoying player. He's you know, he's our era's kind of you know he's he's as close to being as annoying as like Rodman was in the nineties and guys like that, you know, enforcer type guys. And all those those guys always have always bugged me. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the reason why he bugs you so much is because he's effective at what he does. Yeah. And for that team, that team needs a guy like him to be that kind of, you know, instigator. Yeah. Because if he wasn't as good as he is, he'd be Dylan Brooks. And I don't know. Had, did you hear about the Grizzlies? What they say about Dylan Brooks? They were done with him, right? Yeah. They're basically like, he will not be a Memphis Grizzly <laughs> underneath yeah. any circumstances. They're like, we don't give a damn. If the plane goes down and he's willing to pay play for five dollars an hour, he's not playing over here. <laughs> Wait, I don't know what Golden State does as far as it comes to Draymond Green because I think they're screwed either way. If mm-hmm. they let him go, they have no one to replace him. But if they play, if they pay him, they're stuck with that contract and. And basically screwed. Like there's no like there's nowhere to go. Like he's gonna get no one's right. gonna want to take like you can't trade that contract. He becomes untradeable when you mm-hmm. add in his age and how much money he he may be asking. Cause I've seen like reports of like four years, like a hundred and thirty, a hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, hundred million, sorry. That's a sign of He's drunk. He doesn't realize. <laughs> Put it on the paper. It's it's zero. It. it works. Um, like crazy number. I'm like, like, uh, like personally, I'd probably be like, "Thank you for your service," and we're gonna have a nice video tribute for you when you come back. Right, right. And I was like, oh, well, how do you replace this man? Because we we've seen the um, pool era. That contract seems like a huge mistake. Yep. I don't know, but like I said, I don't think Golden State has anything. And who else made the playoffs in the West this year? Uh, Utah and Minnesota. Who else made the playoffs? <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, I think that rounds it out. I think those were the eight teams: Denver, Sacramento, Utah, Minnesota, L.A., Golden State, and. Um, Phoenix, yeah, and the Clippers. Oh, the Clippers are you know the Clippers are the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers are like the Chargers. Don't believe in them until they do it. Mm-hmm. I'm with you as long as they stay healthy, they should be fine. Yeah. But we shall see. Ah. Oh. Good time with that. All right. So moving on to uh, other subjects that we missed when the two weeks that we were off. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. 
How do you think Tiger Woods feels right now? Because if you don't know, the PGA and the Live Golf Tournament are going to merge. After about 18 months, uh, the PGA saying everything they could to keep their golfers from going over to Live. Right. And I asked you that question about Tiger Woods because the rumor is that Tiger turned down a contract offer from Live that was somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 to 900 million dollars. Oh man. Oh man. Um If I'm Tiger, I'm feeling fine cuz I've got plenty of money already in the bank. I probably already have that much money. 8 or 900 million. Um you know and I feel like he he's been through so much in the past ten years that like I'd like to think his perspective on things have changed. Um, but if I'm young Tiger, <laughs> if I'm <laughs> if I am King of the Mountain Tiger, oh man, I'm I'm livid. I livid. How, I don't know how anyone feels good about letting over three quarters of a billion dollars just hop out the window go away just because the people you work for say oh you can't go over there no they're bad that's blood money they finance 9-11 you can't go over there and then a year later they're the ones taking the money you know (laughs) yeah we're all going over there we're all working and the craziest thing is like all the golf the pros they found out the same day that we found out they had yep. no extra warning or anything when that espn notification hit my phone it hit brooks it hit all those other it hit tiger's phone the same time <laughs> right rory found out when i found out that's great how you gonna do this nego- like this negotiation didn't just happen out of nowhere you've been doing this for a while and you couldn't let us know hey guys we're thinking about taking the money. We're thinking about hooking up. So maybe you shouldn't be out there, you know, bad mouth and live because you're about to be working for these guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, man, what a, what a mess of a situation though. It's a crazy ass situation. And I don't understand how live came out ahead of this thing did you know all the money well okay did you know that live doesn't have they don't have a, a tv deal with anyone so they have yeah. to broadcast um their tournaments on the cw yes <laughs> did you know they have to pay the cw to do it i believe i heard that too yeah which is the opposite of every sports um entity everywhere <laughs> right right could have gone to Rumble. Been advertising with uh, the Slot Fighting League. This just shows how where the true money in the world is, is in Saudi Arabia. It's a reason oh, yeah. why we're always going to have gas cars because the Saudis <laughs> right, won't right. let us have, be, they won't let us be 100% electric. A million percent. <laughs> I think my biggest gripe about the whole thing is they 
told all these golfers not to take the money. They told mm-hmm. them, oh, these guys, blood money, 9-11. Think about what's going to happen. Think about the 9-11 families. Think about them, how they'll feel when they find out that you take the money from Saudi Arabia. And then turn around and be like, okay, we're taking the money. <laughs> right. And then don't didn't tell anybody, just did it. And now has to now they have to stand in front of America Bila and have to explain themselves. Like you told all of us to not take this money from this this evil regime. And here you are taking the money. Mm-hmm. And they have to make an excuse that's not just the of uh, this answer of oh they gave us too much money we couldn't they gave us the godfather offer we couldn't we couldn't turn down <laughs> right, like right. you gotta you got you guys you gotta lie and make that clean and the pga sent out one dude to do it um right after the news came out and the news reporter asked him about it and he just oh i don't know if you saw that but he was doing his best and failing miserably yeah. But all this the PGA live deal this at the the base of this is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia use, using sports to make their country cleaner. Like we we're we're bringing in golf we're letting our women drive. We have this 10-year deal with WWE. It's not so mm-hmm. bad. Look at us. Entertainment, baby. <laughs> woo, woo. Come look. Come spin your... It's not dirty. Just ignore that uh, that bloody hacksaw over there. Woo. Come on, baby. Woo. <laughs> As I say, I'd say, this is not the end. Like, the size are going to keep buying up things. Like... They're already in golf. I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to make their way into other sports. So I want to ask you, what do you, out of the um the three big uh French um leagues in America, football, basketball, baseball, what team do you think the Saudis are gonna buy? Um I can see them buying the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Because Brooklyn is owned by Joseph Sai. <laughs> the last couple owners of the Brooklyn Knicks have been a little shady. Yeah. First, they were bought by the Russians, and then they were bought by the Taiwanese. Um, I don't know. I could see him. Like he's worth se- Joseph Sai is worth seven point seven billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saudis could definitely offer him another three or four billion for the Nets. I think he'd be happy with adding to his net worth. I feel like you're in the wrong. You're in the right sport, but you need to look west. The Lakers. Yes. And the reason is the Lakers are the only like mom and pop team. Like they're the only, yeah, the only mom and pop team left in the the NBA. That's true. Like everyone else has 
some kind of business that they make their real money in and they help subsidize their NBA team. The Lakers, they don't have that. Yep, you're right. And Genie Bus could ask for $10 billion and get it. Not only that, they could give them the money and still have her have a portion of the of team control to where she's still, you know, the figurehead of the Lakers. So it looks right. better. It's like, oh, it's a Saudi run team, but look, they have a woman in charge. Mm-hmm. And she knows of the ins and out of the NBA and everything. Like, that's where I, I think. It's like Endeavor buying WWE. Yeah. Man, I didn't even think of the Lakers, but you're right. That makes the most sense because the prestige of that organization, the value of that organization, um, the fact that it is not owned by a, you know, mega wealthy billionaire or corporation. And also, sneakily, the NBA changed the rules in the CBA to make that kind of ownership easier in the in the future. Mom and pops? No, no. Make like outside America, like businesses, corporation own mm, the, okay. the, the team. They've made it easier for that to happen. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I think the Lakers are like I don't. I'm trying to think if there's any other teams in the other sports. Like I've heard people say, oh, well, they buy the Lakers. I mean, not the Lakers, but the Yankees. They'll actually spend money and everything and the uh, Yankees fans be happy. And I'm like, I'm not sure that the Steinbrenners would do that. Like, I know shipping has been down because of Corona, uh, because of um, ooh, I owe people money. They're asking for money <laughs> because of COVID nineteen and everything. But I just I can see uh, baseball just you know coming from behind and and shutting that deal down. You know, mm-hmm. you can own any team you want, but not the most American of all baseball teams. And I feel that way with the Cowboys too. But I'm saying within the next, I would say six or seven years, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going to own a team in one of those three leagues. They're getting closer and closer. It's just a matter of time, like you said. Big money coming through. Now, do you think? Because I've seen some quotes. This is just the beginning. This is not, you know, this is not a short-term uh, addition to our portfolio. This is something that we're, you know, looking at long-term. But do you think they could go after Dwayne and the XFL? Just buy it from him. The only thing about that is, I wonder. Like how, how do I say it? Like how big and the exposure that the XFL can get. Like if you're going to spend the money to buy the entire XFL, would it be better for you just to buy an NFL team? Right, right. Or NBA or MLB Mm -hmm. or something like that. 
like yeah the xfl would be yours but it's it's spring football it's small it's small time and sure you can handle the losses you can handle losses and whatever but wouldn't it be better for you you know if you want to expand your brand as the kingdom of sire to just go out there and say well i'm gonna instead of buying the xfl for whatever i'm gonna go and try to own like um yeah, let's they say team like the Houston Texans and pay four billion dollars for the Texans. I think that would just be I think that would be the smarter use of their money. Because honestly, how many people watch the XFL? No, absolutely. I mean it's um no offense to the XFL. They lost sixty million dollars their first year for a reason. I mean, and as, like I said earlier, like losses like that mean nothing to sorry, sixty million dollars is a drop in a bucket for them. Right, right. But you get more, you get more money back if you had an NFL team that you bought. Mm-hmm. Think about pickleball. Who is playing pickleball? The last story that I've seen about pickleball is like some community was um was trying to get rid of pickleball because the damn rackets are too fucking loud. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I play pickleball. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You honky. <laughs> I'm glad you're working today on Juneteenth. <laughs> it's blowing up, man. They're opening up a pickleball mall in Arizona. Some uh, the like the creator, the founder of pickleball, apparently is buying up like you know abandoned malls in the United States and converting them to indoor pickleball facilities because there there's not enough courts for the for the demand. It's it's growing like that. It's growing like that, man, and uh, they're also. Um, I read another article. Where uh, the app Swimly, I believe, is now accepting, uh, which is an app where you, or I guess rich people, can rent out their pools. I was about to say, you're definitely not talking about me. I broke. <laughs> can rent out their pools like an Airbnb mm-hmm. for like, you know, the day or, you know, however many hours or whatever. They're also allowing people to rent out like their uh, their backyards for pickleball. So if you you draw some lines on a you know your driveway and put a net, mm-hmm. you can you can let people come play pickleball on your driveway. So it's growing, it's it's blowing up. I uh, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> I've never played pickleball. Um, I don't think I ever will. Uh, it, it's like a what's it, a racquetball. It just seemed to me a sport for rich white people to play. That's outside my league, above my <laughs> pay grade. I need to get six figures just to show up to the court. Well, it's not necessarily true because I play it, and I'm not no rich white guy. He's rich people. Don't let him fool. <laughs> oh, <out>. please. <laughs> he, he has all the money. They call uh, him, uh, Fat Pockets Anthony in the street. Right, Walks right. around with a top pack and a monocle. 
I walk with a, a waddle because there's so much money in my pocket. He's just out here dressed like the Monopoly man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good workout, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty, it is. Yeah, it can be. As long as you don't blow your knees out, <laughs> which I'm trying to do every time I go out there at age uh, then, then I'll stick with my cardio and my weights. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Like, uh, I don't need that side to side, that lateral movement. No, thank you. <laughs> right, right. I'm on the ground screaming. I heard a pop. <laughs> oh, since we're talking about injuries. I guess it's time to talk about the Houston Astros. Yeah. We're killing it with the segues today. Yeah. Doing all right today. So. <laughs> but yeah, everyone in the team team is hurt. Let's see. Brantley hasn't played at all this year. Um Alvarez probably out for a month, maybe longer. Altuve just came back from having an injured oblique. Mm-hmm. After coming back from a broken finger. Right. Um, what else am I missing? Let's see. Um, on the pitching side, Luis Garcia is out for the year. Uh, Jose uh, uh just got back to p- pitching off the mound. Lance McCullers had surgery. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. Probably not going to start pitching again until November. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghost of four is Whitley is hurt again. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they were talking about bringing him up during that stretch where the Astros had like those 16, 17 games in a row. And, but he happened to get hurt, hurt. And they brought up, um, what's his name? Belak Uh, or France? No, no, no. Uh, who's being our sixth starter right now? Oh, uh, Blanco. Yeah. Cause they had sent him down. to stretch him out and then they brought him back up. But yeah, Astros have had injuries after injuries, a snake bitten season. And then you add into add into that Jose Abreu didn't hit his first home run until two months into the season. <laughs> Alex Bregman has not been hitting that well. Uh it's just been the sh- a shitty season after winning the World Series. And the Astros are still, what are they, 39 and 33 right now as of this recording? Let me double yeah, check that. still hanging in there. Yeah. But it's so, been a rough stretch the past week. Yeah, like everything that's gone wrong, that could go wrong, has gone wrong. And there's still mm-hmm. six games above 500. This <laughs> month has been particularly shitty. I think they've gone like two and 13 in the last 15 games. It's been hell. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling about it? Where are you on the uh, the panic meter? Um, one to ten. I'm probably a five right now. Mm-hmm. It's gone up. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone up because the injuries have continued. People have still haven't been as effective as I thought they would be. And the biggest thing is like we're just run starting to run out of time. Right. Like we're already over 70 games played. 72. Another. Yeah, 72 games. So they got 90 games left. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I don't know if you know, but it doesn't seem like the Rangers are going away anytime soon. And even as, even after losing their their ace pitcher, yeah. And the Angels have been playing like a team that actually wants to keep Shohei Otani for more than the rest of the year. Right. So I guess it's safe to say we we won't be acquiring him at the trade deadline. Not unless you're playing MLB the Show. <laughs> Which remind me again, you would give up all the top ten, all one through ten of the farm system to get him. I give up damn just about anyone the Angels asked for to get Otani. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and not to mention, like, I'm not sure what the hell the Astros can trade to help right. this team because everybody's like, "Oh, they need to get so and so from the White Sox or this person." I'm like. Have you seen what the Astros have in the farm system? It's like they don't have like this super great like depth. They have guys that come up and contribute and everything, but it's not like, oh, this guy is a surefire guy that's gonna be in your lineup for the next 10 years. So there's not really that guy like the like any other team is really interested in trading in. Right. Yeah, definitely need they definitely need some replenishing of the farm system. Um, it's like who are the Astros going to trade away to get in these guys? Like people said, well, what about uh, what's his name, Dylan Seas from the White Sox? We can get him. I'm like, okay, so who are the Astros trading away? Like, I'll ask that question online to Astros Twitter or whatever, and there's never a response. It's like trades don't work just one way. It's not like yeah, you, you just send your garbage and the other team sends you their best player. It doesn't work that way. Right. Cease is a former Cy Young Award candidate. Yeah. Like, the White Sox aren't just going to take the first offer they get. Yeah. And what would the White – what – like, you have to look at it from the White Sox perspective. Like, what do we want from that particular farm system, you know, to get this to, – to give this guy up? And it doesn't seem like there's a lot. There's enough. And then there's something else that we got to talk about. There are so many teams that are still in play for playoffs positioning. Right. Like, right here. I'm just going to go down and look at East Division's worst team. You ready? Okay. And I'm going to ask you if they should be selling or not. So the Red Sox, yeah, every every worst team. So start with the AL East. The Red Sox are thirty-seven and thirty-five. Should they be selling? Not yet. The world. The the, the trade. The the trade deadline is July thirty-first. Correct. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I can double check that. Come on, so it's 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 a MLB trade deadline, basically. We got about six weeks left. Yeah, right, right. So at this at this point in time, no, the Red Sox shouldn't be sellers. Right, AL Central, the Royals, nine, they're nineteen and fifty-two. If they have anything to give up, sure, they, exactly. And so, the state in the Central, the White Sox, thirty-one and forty-two. The Tigers are thirty and forty. The Guardians are thirty-three and thirty-eight. The Twins are leading that division at thirty-six and thirty-six. That's like, the AL Central I, I know and love. I grew up with 
Oh, well, we're going to talk about the NL Central in a second because they're good. They have the same issue. But if you're the White Sox, you're 31 and 42. You're only five and a half games out of the division. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you sell right now? Like, right now, uh, there's, there's no reason to to even consider it until maybe July 1st. A good two weeks will have you in first place in that division. Yeah. As move on to the ALS. The Athletics are 19 and 55. Again, if they have anything worth trading, then yeah, you're, you sell yesterday. Mm-hmm. And every other team has the same issue that those other teams in AL Central have. Mm-hmm. Mariners are 35 35, Astros 39 33, Angels 41 and 33, and the Rangers are 44 and 27. Like the Mariners are eight and a half back. Like I say, a good two, three weeks will have you right back in his division lead. Right. Uh, let's go over to the East. Nationals, 27 and 43. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's time to, to sell again, whatever you got. I might, like, you go look at the what the Nationals have on the, on the roster. It's not that much. Right. And then look at the, the rest of the East. The Mets are 33 and 38. They're not selling. They spent too much money. There's the no Phil- way they can sell, even exactly. if they wanted to. The Phillies are 38 and 34. They were just in the World Series. They're not mm-hmm. selling. Marlins, 41 and 31. They're five games back behind. And the Braves, 46 and 26. Like, no one, the only person, only team in that division that would be selling the Nationals. And they don't have much to sell. Right. And let's move on to the NL Central. Cardinals are 29 and 43. They're the Cardinals, man. You can't ever count them out. And they're only eight and a half games back. Again, a, a good two-week run could change some fortunes. Yeah, as a, like the Cardinals. What what would you want to get from the Cardinals? You're not getting Nolan Arenado. Too expensive. You don't have enough to get uh, Paul Goldsmith. Right. And <laughs> what else do they have? As the Central, the Cubs, 33 and 38. Pirates, 34 and 36. The Reds, 37 and 35. Brewers are 37 and 34. It's the same thing with the NL Central. One mm-hmm. good week, one, two good weeks. And the Cubs could find themselves in first place in that division. The Reds just had one, and they are almost back in first place. Mm-hmm. They're half game out, as we would mm-hmm. right now. And then last but not least, the NO West Rockies are 29 and 45. Again, if you have something worth giving up, like maybe Ryan McMahon, give it up and, you know. But that's just – it's also kind of what they do anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Every team above them, the Pirates, 35 and 36, they're not selling. Just like the Mets, they spent too much money. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers, 39 and 33. If the Astros aren't selling at 39 and 33, the Dodgers aren't as well. Right. Giants, 39 and 32. They probably should sell, but I but let the good times roll. And the D backs are 43 and 29. They got no reason to sell. Like you go through baseball right now. We got six weeks left, and we we named what? 
the Royals, the Athletics, the Rockies, and the Nationals are sellers. And half of those teams are maybe sellers. Yeah. That may, based on talent that they have available. Yeah, they don't have anything to sell. And we right. just named four teams out of 30, and we got six weeks to go. Baseball has to love this, right? Oh, yeah. This is this is what um, this is the type of thing that should drive attendance. If all if you're if all the teams are still technically in it, the games are going to be more meaningful. Uh, you're going to want to see those matchups again, and, and I think it it only helps the sport at this point. Because yeah. if you're a D backs fan, you gotta be the you gotta be ecstatic. I mean, the Dodgers have been winning this division. For over a decade, the Padres spent all that money. The Giants won a hundred games like two years ago, and here you are on top of the division. Right. So yeah, that's great for baseball. It's not great for us as Astros fans, right? Like I said, you got four teams out of a possible thirty that you can say definitely you should be selling right now. And mm-hmm. I would say the only ones that have anything worth selling, the Rockies. I mean, if you're looking for offense, that's probably the way to go. I think. Let's go. Let me look. I'm gonna look at the Rockies on Fangraphs real quick because I I feel like their reputation is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Let's see, for the Rockies. Colorado, where are they? I mean, I look at the roster, and the only guy that I worth I see worth trading mm-hmm. or trading for would be Ryan McMahon. He's a second baseman, and I think he plays some third. He's got some pop in his bat. The average is above average. So I just want to say I'm on um I'm on fan graphs, like I said. I'm looking for the Rockies and I I have every team slotted by WRC because it's it's easy stat like often it's easy offensive stat. One hundred means you're an average um, offensively, and every every point is a percentage higher. So like the Tampa Bay Rays, their WRC as a team is one twenty seven. They're twenty seven percent better than the average team. I'm looking for the Rockies. The Rockies are all the way at the bottom with the eighty. WRC plus they are 20% worse than the average team <laughs> like Houston's at 99 right now so they're basically average the Rockies mm-hmm. are so bad it's ridiculous and so who are you talking about Ryan McMahon yeah he seems like the only guy worth Having on the team or going after Brent Suter is a reliever, he's having a pretty good season. The only on the Astros, I, I stay the hell far away from Daniel Bard. Unless he or wait, who's the one that hit Altuve? Was it him or Brad Hand? It was Bard. There's no way you can go get that guy. Yeah, I'm looking at McMahon. Second base, third base. So where the hell is he playing? Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I think the only place offensively the Astros can upgrade is the outfield. Right. Well, while Dia or uh, Alvarez is gone. Mm-hmm. Because first, second, and third and short are spoken for. I don't care how much people hate Jose Abreu. He's going to be there all year as long as he's healthy. And look, to his credit, sure, it took him almost four months to hit a home run or <laughs> whatever it is, something like that. Uh, he's hitting um, – or his bat's coming alive while Alvarez is gone. So he's – not totally picking up the slack, but he's making sure his bat has been good enough to uh, not be a complete, you know, that, like his bat doesn't make the lineup a complete cavern with, with Alvarez, you know, out of the mix. Try to look up his splits for this month. In June, he's played 16 games. He's hit 277, three home runs with 13 RBIs. I mean, that's basically that's like half of an Alvarez month, and that's better than most. Like, an Alvarez month is you know, it's not a common occurrence, um, in amongst hitters. You know, with the exception of like the elite hitters, mm-hmm. but you know, just an average Joe isn't putting up those kind of monthly numbers. So I would rather have half of, of Alvarez than, than nothing at this point. And it seems like uh, Abreu is kind of filling that void, at least, you know, halfway at the right time. Yeah. It only took six and a half years, but it finally happened. <laughs> right. Let's see, 277 average. 304 on base with a 477 slugging percentage. Is it? His WRC plus for this month is 112. That's good. Anything over 100, I will take. Considering that for March and April, he was at 46, and in May, he was 55. <laughs> so he was god awful <laughs> to start the season. Like, if he hits, like, it's like I said. At the beginning of the year, as long as he hits okay, good, like above average, this team should be fine. They really just need to tread water right now until they can get healthy. Right, right. And hopefully that'll be soon. I don't know if you saw, but um, Michael Brantley was taking swings in the cage uh, like two days ago. He's still giving it a go, huh? Mm-hmm. I'd hoped he'd be back in the lineup by now, but <laughs> no more setbacks or well, I call them setbacks. The team refuses to call them that. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to ask. How? What are you on the worry meter? I think I'm right there with you at about a five. 
especially after this weekend, after this weekend losing, getting swept by the Reds. Um, and uh, did they lose two out of three to the Nationals? Very good question. I'll look it up right now. I think they did. Yeah, I'm up to a five at this point. No, they won two out of three against the Nationals. Two out of three, okay. Let's see. All right, they got three against the Mets. And then after that, three at the Dodgers, three at St. Louis, and then four at Texas. Mm hmm. Those Texas games looking mighty important because that we don't play them 19 times like we used to. <laughs> right. It's only what is only 13 now. That's right. And how many times have we already played them? I think we've only had one series against them at, at the beginning. Okay. Let me double check. Yeah, went one and two against them back in April. And that's, that's the last time we played them. Well, they're taking dog days of, dog days of summer to a whole new level. Uh, yeah, we get them twice in July. This four game road, and then we have three of three against them at home, July twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Take care of some business. Oh, so we're both fives. We'll see how you feel um, going on. Like I said, there's two, you know, a lot can happen in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the best measure um, right now. Yeah. See what, see what the Astros and see what other teams are looking like by July 1. And then, you know, hopefully panic level, the panic meter is, a, you know, taming and, and, and lowering and, you know, simmering down for us. Mm -hmm. You know, one can only hope. Yeah, I'll either feel great or I'll be posting the It's Jover meme two weeks from now. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. <laughs> If I send you that meme, understand I'm in pain. The word <laughs> is broken. I'm hurt. All right. <laughs> I hope that the Astros are able to turn around. I hope they're able to um, find a trade that makes the team better. I hope, uh, like, a lot of hope going on. I hope everybody heals up. I hope Abreu keeps playing at this level. Like, I hope, I hope, I hope. But like, if you ask me right now, like, what do I think the Astros are going to do at the end of the year? I said, looks, looks like they're going to be a wild card contender. Yeah. You hate to see that happen, but. You know, I guess it's better than missing the playoffs altogether. It's much better. Better to be in than not. It, it's just 
It's just we're have we're going through the tough times, baby. Hard times. Hard times, tough times. It's all going all the times. There are no good times. George Jefferson is not coming through. We are not having any good times. Hard times, my friend. Because mm-hmm. it's a hard times, baby. Sometimes the hard times hit. You lose three of your starting pitches halfway through the season, baby. You just got to make it work. You don't know what hard times is, daddy. <laughs> you think you think because your, your team that won the world championship last year because they ain't winning it again right now this year. That it's over. That ain't hard times, Daddy. Hard times is when, <laughs> when <laughs> you get swept in the World Series in 2005. And, <laughs> and that was and the a highlight. Going downhill from there starting the year that two young guys start working there. <laughs> that was a highlight of that team for about a decade. Boy. Yeah. Going to the, yeah, go to that World Series getting swept. And we'd never know more good times until 2015. <laughs> no more good times for almost 20 years, dude. Jesus <sighs> Christ. <sighs> Every time I think about complaining about the team, I'm like, they just won the World Series. Like, this isn't supposed to be easy. This isn't like it's playing 2k or playing mlb the show on rookie mode mm-hmm. like you're gonna have some problems going through the season they had issues going through last season they had a run where they were terrible and they were able to get together and make it to the world series right i was like you just, i i don't want to be one of those assholes to get online and be like oh that team is terrible uh, I'm going to, or they post the memes like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself. It's so bad. I'm like, y'all need to calm the fuck down, man. Right. It's it's a very difficult world right now. They're ups and downs. It's a bumpy road they're traveling right now. <laughs> but honestly, if you're at the point where you're saying shit like that, maybe you need to turn off the TV, go on better help and get, get a therapist. no sports team should be affecting your mental health your mental health like this I don't know about you for me I'm just going to wait and see um, what the next couple months have in store for us and honestly if they don't win the World Series I'm not going to die I've seen this team win two World Series in my lifetime Mm-hmm. Like, we've and been, look, look we've been eating good as Astros fans for what, seven years now, seven, eight years. We really have. And look, everything has to go just right to win a title. Mm-hmm. And so far, not a lot has gone right this year for this team. Injuries galore, um, underwhelming or, you know, underachieving performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, other yeah, teams you know. playing better, right? That too. We talked about man. I mean, look, we talked about it going into the season, and I know we were both pretty confident. Like, realistically, who who can really beat this team? I know we we had that discussion, mm-hmm. but in the back of my mind, man, I was like, 
these teams are getting better. They are getting better, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tougher road, you know, at least starting this year. And some of the teams, you know, that I that I figured that were getting better would give us problems. That that's those aren't necessarily the teams that are giving us problems this year. But there are teams that are that you know that are making it happen. And that's you know, but that's that's good for the game. And I definitely remember saying uh, when we did our preview of the AOS that there was going to be a team that would finish within five games of the Astros. I thought the Astros would win the division, and there was a team that was going to finish close. Now I thought it was going to be the Mariners and not the Rangers, but right, I didn't expect this to be like a cakewalk where the. Text over the Astros win 106 games and no one wins more than 90. Like, I never expected that. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. a fight between the Astros and Mariners. It looks like it's going to be a fight between the Astros, the Rangers, and the um, Angels. Right. But I'm still going to cheer for my team. I'm still here. Like, of course. I, I believe they're still good enough to win again. I hope we see it. Anything else baseball-wise, my friend? That's all I've got, man. I got to. And and another thing, another thing that we... (laughs) Maybe it was our fault for taking so long off on the podcast. (laughs) They need to hear our um, our insanity. But also another thing that that we've kind of overlooked, even uh, even while you know you know uh, raising our uh, you know our alert level a little bit, alert concern concern level a little bit. I I think considering that they are thirty nine and thirty three at this time when we're recording on Monday evening. Um, that it, it is a testament to the to the uh, talent that there is on this team still, despite the injuries. I mean, to lose two starting pitchers on back to back days for the season, basically, um, and to, to fill them in with rookies that you know, baptism by fire. France is, you know, showing that he's a rookie, but he's not getting blown out like he's keeping the games pretty close he's not striking out as many as he was when he first start like his first few starts but he's having solid outings he's giving good innings at least six innings in most of his starts brown is a little um he's a little more um he's a he's a little more i don't want to say erratic i think that's too strong of a word but um like his performance is uh, solid without a doubt should get some rookie of the year votes, but uh, he, I don't know. There's something like, I guess, cause he's younger than, than France, but like there is, um, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know if I'm making any sense about Brown. Like he's kind of, kind of a wild card at this point. He's a rookie. Yeah. 
He's a rookie who who wasn't he wasn't even supposed to be in the position he he's in right now. Mm-hmm. Originally, he was supposed to be like, oh, the sixth guy. He'll come in to make some spot starts. And here he is, like, third in a rotation. He's your number three guy at this point. Yeah. But for those two guys to kind of do what they've done so far and to help, you know, maintain this kind of pace, this, uh, you know, an above 500 record, like, that's that's still impressive. It's still nothing to gloss over and, and to scoff at at mm-hmm. this point. That reminds me of 2021 all over again. Look at this team. They still have the best ERA in baseball, even <laughs> with everything that's gone wrong. I'm looking at right now. Uh, Framer Valdez still pushing. Christian Javier. And we got to figure out what the hell happened to his strikeouts. Yeah. <laughs> They've completely gone, like, disappeared. JP France, uh, Ronel Blanco, Hunter Brown. Like, it's still a good rotation. Like, I saw um, someone complaining to Chan Larone on Twitter talking about, I can't remember what talking about, France or um, who's the other one? Um, Justin Dow. Oh, uh, be like. Uh, I can't remember. They were, talk- they were complaining, like, oh my God, this guy's so terrible, blah, blah. And Rome replied, he was like, dude. Your number five isn't supposed to be like an all star. You've got that right. been spoiled by all these years of pitching in Houston. Like, this is what the average number five looks like in baseball. Right. It's sit down for a little bit to kind of regroup. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. That's the biggest problem with, with Astros Twitter right now. It's just a bunch of people we've been spoiled for the past couple of years. And now it's just kind <laughs> of rough and they don't know how to take it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be easy. You're not just going to run through all these. These other teams get paid too. And they have superstars. <laughs> right. They have all stars. Well, they have to have all stars. Well, they have people who actually deserve to be all stars. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. How's that? How's that? Better. Better. It is mandatory for every team to have an all star. Well, they have people. the other teams have players that actually deserve to be all stars. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just take a deep breath, get a therapist, stop acting like this is the worst thing in the world. Now, let's see what <laughs> right. they, yeah, now, let's get ready for the rest of the season. You know, mm-hmm. it's yep. still a good team. Uh, when all these guys come back from injury, hopefully soon. They're going to be an even better team. They can chase down the Rangers and win the division, or they can just get in as a wild card. I mean, if the Astros are a wild card team, I still believe in them to make a run to the World Series. Like, let's uh, take a deep breath and let's get back at it. Like, it's been a bad week, two weeks. I'm not going to lie to you people. Mm-hmm. It's been bad, but let's breathe in, breathe out, little woosah. Right. And get ready. For I'm the, still uh, in it. I'm still in it for the long haul. Exactly. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that they show on the um 
on the World Series DVD at the, was like, oh, it was bad in the middle <laughs> of the season. They went two and fifteen, two and thirteen over fifteen games. The team was down in itself, but they rallied around each other and kept on playing. Remember the infamous tombstone at the Houston Chronicle? Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah, bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> Houston Chronicle needs to bring that back. That's that'll, that'll turn all the luck around. <laughs> right. Man, man. Like I said, worry me is a five. I'm not freaking out. I understand what the problem is with injuries, so we'll see. Well, that's part of that's part of any season. Mm-hmm. That's part of any season, good or bad. And as far as any, any season where you you've been constantly making long ass playoff runs. Like, exactly. I don't know if there's been any. I'm pretty sure there's been research and science done inside the front office of baseball teams, but like we don't really know what the hell the uh what these playoff runs do to teams, like as far as physically. I mean, you've been making these long ass runs since what? 2015. There was a break in 16, and then 17 on. It's been ALCS at the very least. Not only that, but then spring training, you know, you 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 kind of take spring training to get back into it, get yourself going again. But then a lot of these guys are playing for the World Baseball Classic, mm-hmm. and you're not taking it easy in those games. You're playing like it's a regular, you know, like like it is the World Series, like mm-hmm. you know, like you've been playing all all season already, and now you're just getting your legs under you. I think all the starters of the Astros played uh, for a team except for Hunter Brown. Right. Valdez, Javier, Ukurity, and Garcia all played in the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my biggest thing about this whole um, Astros season right now. It's like, let's just calm down. It's okay to be worried. But let's stop the weekly Twitter, well, daily Twitter freakout, people. Right. It's all right. It's gonna be okay. Even if the Astros, if the Astros don't win the World Series, the Earth is not gonna end. <laughs> it's okay to be worried. It's okay to be concerned. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you don't need to be freaking out and having fits. Nobody does for for no reason, for any reason. As please, for the love of God, stop acting like Dusty Baker doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's been here three years, and those three years they've made three ALCSs, <laughs> two World Series, and a World Series victory. I'm pretty sure he knows how to manage a team. Right, and that's it. That's all I got for baseball today. <laughs> all right, that's it. I just wanted that's to leave. Enough. I wanted to leave on a on a, a calming note. No more, no freak out. Just breathe in, breathe out. Maybe go. You know, once this heat advisory ends in Texas, maybe go outside, sit next to a pool, <laughs> call, get some bitches, male or female. You know, get maybe they'll call you now. Hey. It is five o'clock 
right now. Perfect time to uh, to make some calls <laughs> if you're so inclined. Yeah, call that special someone. Tell them to come is come to your house or go to their house. Make it quick because it's a hundred degrees outside. But yeah, <laughs> don't be freaking out about this game, people. Please. All right, that's all I got. I'm still gambling over here. Wow. Oh. Yeah, let's check my slips real quick before we get okay. out of here. Uh, so today, what was it? So, I had only one game playing right now. And that was... Uh, my mother Jack, it was uh Washington St. Louis, Jack Flaherty. It was over under four and a half strikeouts. I hit, I picked under, he got five. Ah, oh, this son of a bitch. All right, <laughs> we're getting out of here. All right, all right, down. Anything you want to say to people? Quick plug mm-hmm. uh, we're recording on Monday, June 19th, Saturday, June. 24th I will be uh, DJing at Star Sailor uh, on West 18th Street in the Heights of Houston, Texas uh, for their uh, Pride Celebration Night. Yeah, They're like one of the official after parties spots for uh, the Pride Parade and uh, I'll be spinning records um, the earliest 5 o'clock and no later than midnight. So sometime between <laughs> 5 and midnight I'll be there spinning records, but there's going to be a band playing and uh, some other stuff going on. So if you're in the Houston area, come check it out. Sounds good. Uh, Oh, shout out real quick. Uh, Yesterday, the 18th, that was my brother's birthday. So Daniel, happy belated birthday. I'll put it out there in audio. Uh, My baby brother is now 33 years old. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel ancient, but you know, just say happy birthday to him. I love you very much. And now I can't deny it because it's on the audio form. It's on record. Right. It's on record. All right. It's, time for well, it's, it's on record once you publish it. Yeah. Once I publish it, I can still edit this out. Who knows? Right. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening, download, sharing. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back. Maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. We'll see. It just depends how our schedule goes. Yeah. Dog days of summer. They they get to all of us. Yeah. And sometimes to be honest with you, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> like I love baseball, but there's only so much you can talk about it. Right. <laughs> all right. Time for us to go. We're getting out of here. Anthony, pleasure's always talking to you, my friend. Always. Alright, guys. For Anthony. I'm the Quincy. Later. Happy Juneteenth.